0: Hi guys, this is Paul Konczewski and you're listening to the Fulham Focus
1: Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Full and Focus podcast. My name is Matt Boisclare and, well, we've signed some players. Before we get into that, just some quick housekeeping to say that in case you haven't noticed, we switched to two shows a week this season and you can expect the show on Monday and the show on Thursday as a general rule of thumb. This week, we've waited for the transfer window to close, hence this show being a day late, but things will settle down next week. Okay, I'm joined by a man who's a postman by trade. He always delivers on the Full and Focus podcast and has never faced a sack. It's Marcy Ward. As they say on Sky Sports, happy transfer deadline day, mate.
2: Thank you very much. Happy transfer deadline day to yourself.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. And of course, it's Mr. Bombastic himself. Mr. Lover Lover is Don Love. Are you good, my friend?
3: Uh, I am good. Uh, looking forward to having this little discussion.
1: Excellent. So, I mean, the big news today, apart from the fact that we signed some players, is that the, the whole Sessegnon saga has been completed. And the, the, young, the young fella has joined Spurs, signed a, a deal until uh, 20... He signed for Spurs until 2025. Apparently, it's a record sale, although the, uh, the fee has, is undisclosed, I think. Um, His 25 goals in 120 games for Fulham will put him down in, in folklore, especially because of the way that it was intrinsically linked with, with our promotion back to the Premier League. Marcy, what's your favourite memory of Sess?
2: Well, I think for me, it's the Newcastle game, which a lot of people had written us off when we went there over to there. And it was the Ryan Session show. Um, yeah. And also the last time he played for us in the championship, uh, his assist was the goal that got Kearney to score at Wembley. So, you know, Indeed what a was. way to end, end his time as a Fulham in the championship.
1: Amazing. Yeah. What about you, Don? Favorite sess memory?
3: Uh, you know, there are a couple uh, that stand out or, you know, that I went back and was looking at here over the last couple of days when I knew he was finally going to go bye-bye. I got to say his hat trick was really special though. Uh, I believe it was his first, maybe his only hat trick with us. It was Chef United. Uh, he scored in like the 30th, 50th or something. And like the 80th minute, uh, all three were beautiful goals. Yeah
1: incredible that 5-4 victory away at Sheffield United at Bramall Lane yeah superb. I think for me it would be um, it would be Millwall away during the promotion season when he was getting all sorts of stick from the Millwall fans who were trying to put him off and he just came out and and banged in that opening goal brilliant finish poached on onto the goalkeeper's spill and then we went on to win 3-0 so yeah it's it's sad he's gone. I personally think he it's a mistake but I I really wish him all the best and you never know hopefully he'll come back one day. But to some more positive news, we've signed some players. And as part of that Sessignon deal, we brought in Josh Onoma from Spurs, uh, a 22-year-old midfielder. Marty, happy with that?
2: Yeah, well, uh, he seems to do the business, uh, you know, wherever he's sort of been. He's got experience in this league. Uh, And he's he's got a good track record as well, basically, uh, as a youngster. So, you know... We may have lost one of our own, but we're going to try to inherit one who will hopefully build on at Fulham Football Club.
1: Well, our resident Stato, Matt Arter, has, um, has delved into the new signings' careers and I'm uh, assured by, by Stato that Onoma averages two goals a season um, in the Championship and Tom Kearney averages nine in the Championship. So he's obviously not prolific in front of goal. And he he averages three assists a season compared to Tom Kearney's seven uh, in the championship as well. So, Don, thoughts on Anoma? Are you happy that we've got a a bit more backup in midfield at the very least?
3: Yeah, uh, the the midfield I think I'm feeling a lot better about, uh, at least from what we've brought in. So, yeah, I'm fine with the midfield. You know, he may not be the goal scorer that we all want it to be, but... We, we want people that create chances and that's the big thing is we got to get people who create chances for Metro. That's really the big thing. So anybody who can do that is a win-win in my book.
1: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure this guy will necessarily be a starter at the moment, perhaps as, as McDonald tires in games, and he'll be brought on to kind of protect the back four. Um, but again, it's it's more numbers in that area, which I think we we all agreed that we did need at the start of this transfer window. So okay, so that's that's the guy Anoma that came in as part of the Cessignon deal, and then of course the the transfer window closed at five pm. But these these deals are still being announced as we record. It's now it's now quarter to nine um, on on Thursday evening. Um, Harrison Reed was announced. Around about an hour ago, he is a defensive midfielder that we signed on loan from Southampton with a view to permanently signing him at the end of the deal. I remember seeing him play um, away at Carrow Road um, when Fulham, when, when we beat them 2-0, two, two I think, when uh, during our promotion season. And I remember thinking that he was quite nasty. But perhaps that's the sort of player that we need in this team, Don.
3: I, I don't want to say we want, I don't really ever want to see a nasty, nasty person in a Fulham shirt, but I do want somebody who is not afraid to go and get stuck in or when it's time, you know, give back what you get or step up the game, uh, you know, so that we're just not getting walked all over and beaten up. So I don't mind somebody who is considered to be maybe a little nasty just because they are a very aggressive player. So I'm not, I don't have a problem with that.
1: Yeah, no, completely fair enough. And, uh, you know, I, I mean nasty in the in the same sense as, you know, we've got uh, Steph Joe, you know, somebody who's who's not afraid to...
3: <laughs> to There's uh, only to... one Steph Joe.
1: Well, that that's very true, but I think he may have some competition now. What do you think, Marty?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we are trying to build a whole team of uh, Steph Joes, basically. I mean, you've got uh, Arta, uh, uh now who comes in, which is R-E-E-D. And uh, I've heard that when he was at Blackburn, they really raved about how good he was, that he chased down every ball, nice short little passes. I think it's what we need. I know, you know, we always say we're a bit soft and I'm not saying we want a nasty player, but sometimes you just got to have that little bit of, you know, toughness and, you know, championship is a long season. So I think it's a good acquisition, I think.
1: It is. I believe he can play right back as well. And just looking at Stato's uh, stats, Um, Harrison Reed played for Norwich in the 17-18 season and Blackburn last season in the championship scored four goals in those two seasons and got eight assists during those two seasons as well 12 yellow cards so I guess six yellow cards a season as long as he can pad those out throughout the course of the season then um, hopefully we won't see him get suspended 82% pass succession compared to K-Max 86% 2.1 2.1 tackles per game compared to k two tackles per game. So I think we've definitely got somebody who um, who's at the very least back up to k if not potentially somebody who could um, who could start and have K-Mac back up for him. Um, so, yeah, welcome to the club, Harrison. We also, in the last hour or so, signed Bobby Reed on loan from Cardiff City, That is also another loan with a view to permanent. I remember him scoring in both games against us uh, for Bristol City during the season when we came up. How do you feel about that one, Marty? Perhaps, you know, we already had quite a a few attacking options, but that just bolsters the attack.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm happy about this one. Um, When I heard that we were linked, I thought, no way Cardiff are going to get rid of him. And you could tell by uh, Cardiff's uh, fans' reaction to the fact that he's uh, been sent out on loan to a permanent deal. He's a great sort of person that, you know, we've been saying on this podcast that we just need that sort of extra person just behind uh, Mitro. It's just got a bit of pace about him and he's just perfect for it. Uh, he's got a good, good track record in the championship as well. So I, I'm, I'm really excited about this. And of course, the bromance with Troy Bryant is unquestionable uh, already all over Twitter already.
1: Yeah I saw that earlier. Yeah that that season in the in the championship 17 18 he scored 19 goals. So that's that's decent. That is that is really really good that we've we've got him. I'm, I'm struggling to see I can't see that he's going to play behind Mitrovic if we persist with 4-3-3 because who would he play instead of?
2: Well I don't know if he's going to play him sort of because he can play sort of as on the wing but he's also, you know, let's just say instead of bringing uh, AK as sort of the striker man and Mitro, I mean, it's certainly Mitro has been on fire in preseason or I know it's only one game into the season, but it gives you that extra option, either a bit and on the bench, you know, he's an attacking player. So let's say we're chasing the game with our lackluster defense. It's a threat, you know, and yeah. scoring goals in this league is what we're going to need at the moment. Cause if we don't score, we're going to die.
3: Marty, yeah. if you saw knocking on wood again here, if if Mitro got hurt, could you see him going up top?
2: Uh, well, he's got a definite... Uh, I mean, I don't think he will be sort of winging balls in the air all the time, but he's definitely got the pace. I mean, if you can get Knockhart or Ivan getting him that right ball, I mean, and he gets running onto it, he's a very hard man to beat. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, and let's say uh, Mitrovic is tired in a game, then look at the options we've got. We. I know it's a completely different option because Bobby Reed is half of his size, but you could bring him on and just have him running at defenders as opposed to just Mitrovic's tactic of outmuscling people. It's it's definitely a, another option. We've got some, we've got a fantastic attacking uh, threat in this division
3: now. What, what do you think, Dom? Well, you know, we've got so many new signings that are more in the midfield attacking or, you know, some supposedly stronger defensive players that could pay, play that kind of KMAC role. it makes you wonder, uh, is there gonna be a kind of a change this season to our formation? Could we possibly go in more aggressive and, and get away from a four three three or four four two? Could we possibly see a three five two, you know, and stack the midfield up. So
1: it's right, definitely you know. good to have options. You know, it, it's very rigid, isn't it? To say we just play 4-3-3 is, is very rigid. And, and we've moaned before in the past about not having a plan B. Potentially now we do.
3: Well, you know, because... that, that was the big problem. You're right. I, I don't mean to cut you off there. You're right. Sure. That was the problem we had with Slab. Is Slab only played one way and everybody complained. No, no other option. No plan B. Well, okay, this could be a very potential different option here. You know, you want to have different plans for different teams and different games. Uh, Also, you want to have different plans based on what players are available. So, Hmm. you know, with a midfield stack like this, we very potentially could see a much different formation than we're normally used to seeing. Also, again, when everybody complained last year that Mitchell was not getting the service, it looks like they've brought in players now that can potentially put the service in and let him see the ball more. And that's what he needs.
2: Also, I just want to add quickly, uh, we've built a lot of pace into this team all of a sudden. I mean, the one thing that we were talking about in the Premier League was that this team lacks a lot of pace. With Ivan, Knockhart, and now you bring him Reed into the mix, it really is a scary combination. And no defender likes a player that's going to run at them. Yeah, and of course, championship
3: terrible. experience as well. Which did... And and you know, this means KMAC, uh, Johansson, and Tom—they could be very well fighting for their spots to to be starting.
1: But that's a good thing, though. We want some competition. We don't. We don't want play, any player in this team to just think I'm a I'm a guaranteed starter. So that's really good, and that's that's what we call for. And we spoke about this on the pod last week, Don. You and I were both on together, and we were talking about how. The midfield of Johansson, K-Mac and, and Kearney, if any of those got injured, then who was there? There was nobody else. It looked very, very light. Yeah, but now we've got, we've got numbers. And of course, we signed Harry Arthur a couple of days as well. Scott Parker's brother-in-law. I know Scott Parker's married to his sister, I think. 29 years old, player of the season for Bournemouth when they went up to the Premier League in 2015 and played 25 times for Cardiff in the Premier League last season as well. So again, it's another player who really pads out that midfield.
2: It is. And uh, obviously, we'll know uh, Reed, who uh, has just joined us as well. So it's that, that kind of helps. Plus, he's also known as the legendary leave-it guy in the uh, Watford game when he played for Bournemouth. I mean, it's a slight move, but I, I like it.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I, I'm not sure I'm too keen on that. But yeah, sure. I mean, it, it, he's a he's another good player. And that's, that's what we needed. Um, Don, thoughts on Harry Arta? You happy with that one? It seemed like a shoe in as soon as Scott Parker got a job as manager that Harry Arta was going to be linked.
3: You know, I am going to trust in uh, Parker uh, that Scotty knows this guy better than anyone. And if he wants, Scotty said, I want him, uh, he's got to be a good player. And, and I can only hope, or, or I can only assume, He's going to be a great player for us and do great things. So if, if Scotty wanted him, I'm glad he got him.
1: Good stuff. All right, well, they're, they're the players that we signed then. We do seem to be a little bit light at the back still. We've not signed any defenders. Um, Marty, what are your thoughts? I mean, it, it seems like our tactic this season is going to be let's camp out in the opposition's box and hope that we don't get caught on the break.
2: Uh, it's just, it's almost like the mentality of uh, defense. What stink, what stink in defense? It's an issue we've had for a very long time. And obviously, uh, Matt Arter, uh, the new signing of this podcast, no relation to the one we signed. Um, Stato. Um, he put—he sent us, as you may know, uh, by the end of December last year, we had conceded 43 goals in the 20, uh, 20 Premier League games. Since then, we've only had two transfer windows to pass and have only signed one defensive reinforcement, which was Nordvite, to try to fix this. It's, a, it's a, something we've been highlighting every time uh, Tony Khan or Fulham put any tweet out, every time it was the one word, defenders. We all thought we were going to get one, and unfortunately, uh, it's just not happened. And I think that's the only downside to this transfer window. is just we've not helped out that defence.
1: Yeah, as I I say, we're recording this on Thursday evening and deals are still being announced. But it looks unlikely now that we're we're going to bring in a defender. I think uh, somebody said Simon Peach tweeted earlier that we were going to sign Michael Hector today. But it was all hinging on the Ryan Sessegnon deal. And because that took so long to go through, then it just didn't happen for us with Hector. But it looks like that may happen in January. So, but between now and January, what are we doing?
2: Yes, it's madness. I mean, uh, I've already said how much of a fan I am about Michael Hector. I mean, he really did an incredible job at Sheffield Wednesday. And when I heard that he was linked to a five million move, I thought we need to go for this. Unfortunately, I think we've left it down to the whole Ryan Session being sold because everything was done by about half past three. Uh, we just didn't have enough time. Uh, obviously, Simon Peach is saying something reliant in regards of that uh, we'll have him by January, which, you know, if we could just be there or thereabouts, we could have kind of one of those yeah. seasons of the championship like we did where we got Mitro and uh, Taggart. So, but yeah, I mean, he's he's a good, a really good sign-in. Uh, I was really hoping we were going to announce it today, but unfortunately, that's just the problem when you leave it to the last day.
1: It's funny because you, you were writing on the WhatsApp group last night, where are the defenders, where are the defenders? And I said, don't worry, it's going to happen tomorrow. There's no way that we'd, we'd break the bank on holding on to Mitrovic and Kearney and not address the problem at the back. But it would seem that that's exactly what's happened. Don.
3: Okay, I agree with everything you guys have just said. Everybody knows centre-backs, centre-backs, centre-backs. We've been screaming for it. We've been wanting it, you know. I, I am very disappointed we did not bring in one new big demand uh powerful kind of center back that just commands the area. So that is a big disappointment. I, I applaud Tony Khan for the midfield and the attack. I think he's done a looks what looks like on paper, a wonderful job. The defense is gonna worry me this this whole season. Now it does beg to, to ask the question: does that mean maybe some of the PL2 under 18s are going to, you know, come up and play in some of the games, you know, maybe some of the early cup games are different things. You know, maybe that means that Marlon Fossey or Steven Session is going to be able to come up and play who knows, but I do think we've got some problems at the center backs and the defense in general. So once again, I don't know, maybe they're going to switch to a three, five, two and they're going to rely on pack it in with K Mac and, and different defensive midfielders instead so I, who who knows what the plan is here but it is very 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 disappointing to me that we did not get any real defenders in
1: yeah agreed well let's let's just finish on a positive note and just once again those players that we did sign this time okay they are all uh lone players with the exception of of anoma you know we've got cavalero Knockart, the two reeds arter and they're, they're all with a view to signing a permanent contract so if they do do well then at the end of it, we'll be able to keep the squad together, which is where we went when we went up last time. The squad was just decimated.
3: Well, and that makes you think that, you know, once again, Tony Khan must be learning from his mistakes. People keep which saying is- he's not learning, he's not learning. Well, that kind of shows he is learning from his mistakes. He realized we cannot get promoted with a bunch of lone players that we cannot keep permanently.
1: Yeah, and that's a completely fair point. All right, well, it's, it's been a, a mixed transfer window. We've had some good news and, um, and some not brilliant news on the defender front. Um, let's move on to the Blackburn game this weekend. And I caught up with Morgs recently to talk about a certain former player of theirs. Fulham. It's our first home game of the season on Saturday, so what better way to get us in the mood for facing Blackburn than by chatting about a former player of the year of theirs and our current captain, Tom Kearney. I'm joined by Morgan Cowson. Morgan, how are you doing, mate? Have you had a good summer? I'm um, all right. Yeah,
0: not bad. No, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, moving on with the season now uh, and, uh, yeah, see how it goes, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's nice to uh, nice to have a nice summer upset by by Fulham right at the tail end of it, isn't it?
0: Just as, Just Open. as the weather's
1: getting good again. Yeah, Let's, uh, exactly. get, get the
0: storm clouds in and uh
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. All right, so we're gonna talk about Tom Kearney. So I don't know about you, but before he signed for Fulham, I knew very little about him. I don't even know if I'd heard of him, to be honest. Uh what were your thoughts when he signed? Were you excited? I, I was pretty much in the same boat as you were. Um yeah. I kind of
0: I'd heard his name before and I'd heard, you know, sort of people sort of say, you know, oh, he's an exciting young player. But I guess that was probably all towards the lead-up of him signing for us. I think when he was developing as a player at Hull, um, I was probably still in Australia because I didn't move back until uh, 2012. So he was probably sort of there and I didn't really pay attention to youth players of teams. What? You, weren't, you weren't
1: paying attention to what was going on at Hull City whilst you were living in Australia?
0: No, I was more Why concerned on with the Earth Perth Glory you? Youth Team and stuff like that. I wasn't uh, <laughs> yeah, seeing sort of the next big thing come through the, uh, the Aussie soccer ranks. But no, I kind of when, we, when he sort of signed us, thought, okay, great. It shows a bit of ambition to bring a young player who sort of. When, I guess we, in these cases, always looked to sort of uh, the reactions of the fans of the team that he's leaving. And in yeah. this case, I think uh, Blackburn fans were pretty upset that he'd gone, and so that gave us, I think, it gave everyone a little bit of optimism that we were heading in the right direction. Because I think having come off the previous couple of seasons whilst we were still showing ambition in the transfer market,
1: our team had gone to shit. Um, well, and we went, I think, yeah. so we, we went yeah. down in from the Premier League in 2014. Yeah. Then the next season, 2014-2015, Felix McGat was sacked in September. Kit Simons was eventually brought in and we finished 17th. That season was just bloody disaster, to be honest. Yeah, it was um, Yeah, but then the, so the following summer... Um first to arrive was Ben Pringle. Oh, legend. Then then Andy Lonigan and then Tom Kearney. And I think Tom Kearney signed for about three or four million pounds. So he kind of followed those other two in. Ben Ben Pringle had, had done okay at Rotherham, I think, and I don't even remember where Lonigan came from, the goalkeeper. Preston uh, but that anything? was was it? that was know. the kind of level. Oh no, of, that was right, oh, can pretty remember. Yeah. Yeah, that that was the kind of level of player that we were signing at the time. To so to then bring in Kenny, and of course, when when you when you sign a player, you kind of have a look on YouTube and watch their highlights reel. And the highlights reel are never going to show anything awful. And the goals that he was scoring at Blackburn were fantastic. So there was a reason to be optimistic.
0: Yeah, well, I'm never a big. Well, I guess everyone does the YouTube search when you sign a player. I I, Mm -hmm. I did one for uh, AK when he signed, and Mm -hmm. uh, I thought this player is going to be an absolute beast. Uh, but you know well he was a beast or is a beast yeah. <laughs> Just, and in so, so many you can't really, ways. You, can't really yeah, you can't really trust uh YouTube as much Dude. as uh, everyone would like to, but I think yeah i think i go i tend to go on sort of the reputation of a player even if I didn't know who he was, so I think you know it was quite exciting to have a young uh, exciting player, ben Pringle, you know, <laughs> in all fairness to him he was uh, he was okay, but when you sort of get a player like him sign it's not really gonna um turned too many heads and no. so i think you know going when uh, kenny came in and when he got on the pitch and we could see what he could do i think that's when it was like okay great you know we we are signing the right caliber of player if we're bringing him in
1: um, yeah yeah well he, he scored in his in his first home game i think it was against brighton it was a it was a typical tom kenny goal he cut he's kind of let the ball go across him along the ground and then he's bent it into the top corner with his left foot and I think it I think it got goal of the month but it, it was a really good goal and most of the goals that he scores are fantastic to be honest so I mean what well, I mean it's a it's a really obvious an obvious answer and perhaps we should we should probably dance around the obvious one but what what is your your favourite memory of Tom Kearney aside from Wembley?
0: well that's the thing I sort of uh, in the lead to this I was like you know looking at sort of his goals and uh, you know what he'd done and obviously the big thing that stands out is the uh, the Wembley goal but then obviously there's the Leeds goal which you know yeah. as well as being a goal that clawed us back into the playoff race was just a fantastic goal um, I think he's yeah. won uh, you know against Brighton um, I was sitting in the Riverside stand I saw how well it, how much it curled and sort of like you know the the graft that he put in to get the ball because it was a great move and it so the ball was flying all over the place and he'd gone to the touchline, got it and brought it back in and then it was a little one two with um, I think it was O'Hara of all players um, legend. so that was that was yeah exactly hmm. Braintree or oh, Ricky legend um <laughs> but he it was that sort of drive and sort of you know the way he chased the ball and sort of like sort of endeavor to you know get hold of it and stuff that was sort of you know you look at a player like that and you go oh okay he's got that little bit extra that we seem to be missing. And so when he, when he scored that goal, it's like, okay, you know, we like what we see, you know, we carry on seeing a bit more of this. Um, In terms of, you know, my, it's hard to pick a favorite moment because he's done so well. Um, When he's been good, he's been very, very good. Um, And I'm sure we'll move on to sort of, you know, dips and stuff. um, A bit, but, uh, my, I think my favourite goal, if we're sort of talking about that as well, um, was the one against Wolves.
3: Yeah, I was thinking Molineux. that. What and
0: a finish. It, it, was, it was brilliant. I mean, I've sort of watched it a couple of, uh, a couple of times again, um, you know, a little, a little while ago. And it's it's not so much that he blasts it in, he actually side-foots it in.
1: Mm. He kind uh, of wraps his, wraps his foot around it and bends it away from the goalkeeper, doesn't he? Yeah, it was perfect.
0: And, um, you know, I think that showed how good his technique is um, yeah and so you know whilst the uh, wembley goal was memorable uh, and the leeds
1: goal was just yeah you know, was a brilliant finish and sort of under pressure
0: i think from a technique point of view that really shows what kind of player he is
1: yeah i mean he, he does have fantastic technique we know that and aside from the injuries for me he's, he's kind of the ultimate big game player at this level because you look at the goals that he scored and you mentioned the the wolves game and the brighton game but Big games, he, he does score in. You look at Wembley, obviously. You look at the Reading playoff semi final, Derby's against Brentford away and QPR away. He does pop up with fantastic goals. And of course, the, the Leeds one as well. So he pops up at the right time in, in all these games. And I think he's going to be massive for us again this season. Uh, yeah, I, I
0: know. I totally agree. I think if he stays injury-free, he will be the catalyst for us uh, being you know either in the top two or in the playoffs. Um, we need him to be on song for Fulham to be on song uh, obviously metro scoring is key, but having you know Kearney and that creative player is so integral to the way we play, mm. and I think you know with here with the fact that he is uh, you know he is our captain'm sure we're moving on to that as well um and the fact he he loves he loves the plaudits, you can tell that you know he loves it when we're doing well, and he's able to sort of you know show how good he is. And yeah. I think, you know, we're going to have to see a lot of that. Um, and I think, you know, just thinking back to that QPR game, I remember that so clearly because I'd broken my ankle a couple of weeks before. And I would, we were at Loftus Road and it had been snowing and it was the whole sort of stand was gritted. And it was absolutely freezing and my toes turned, almost turned black by the end of the match. And sort of Just like how crazy everyone was going. And he was absolutely loving it. Yeah. And, you know, it just shows that, you know, whilst... He, you know, does have his off days. He does, he does have it in him, and he does have that motivation um, to really sort of, you know, score the big goals to really sort of, like, you know, get the fans going again, and sort of even a one-legged me was sort of yeah. dancing up and down the stand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no fair play. I mean, you're right as well. He, he does love the plaudits, but when we lost to Reading in the playoffs semi-final, um, what was it No two years ago, um, he was he was straight on to social media afterwards and he posted, a uh, so, sorry, we couldn't do it for you this time. But I remember him saying, you've got your Fulham back. And I remember thinking, yeah, actually we have because we've had a couple of crap seasons. 2015-16, um, we finished 20th and that was a season when we had Kit Simons, then Peter Grant took over for a bit, then Stuart Gray took over. Then finally Slav got the job and he managed to get us to 20th. And we we ha- we hung in there. But then the, the next season was the one when we lost to Reading. Um and we, we actually had a team to be proud of. Um and Kearney was, was an integral part of that. Um and you know, we we talk about how integral he is to the team. My my only concern this season is actually we have nobody else like him um and there's no cover for him so he probably will have a uh, have an injury at some point because he always seems to each season um he's almost targeted as well I remember being at um, derby away the season we went up and he was absolutely clattered into and I I think his boot might have been ripped so I I thought he was going to have to go off and he, he was quite annoyed by the tackle so people do um do target him because he can dance through defenders um But like I say, we don't have anybody else like him. And and if we can't keep him fit, then then it is a real cause for concern as to what we're going to do.
0: Yeah. And you look at his, uh, you know, how many games he's missed through injury in the last two seasons. Um, And sort of looking at it, I think he missed about, uh, what was it? He missed a good... 10
1: games last season
0: of the 38 games. You know
1: I've I've got I've got the stats here. I don't have the subs, yeah. sub appearances and this is in all all competitions but in 15-16 he scored 8 goals in 42. Um so 42 appearances not bad. In 16-17 he scored 13 in 51 so he played most of that season. 17-18 he scored 6 goals in 37 and then last season he got the one against Everton I think it was in 33. So in actual fact 42 51 37 33 that's not a bad return for somebody who does appear to be injured quite a lot.
0: I guess the one sort of big thing about that is that you know he clearly has a, a long-standing injury, and has it cleared up, or are the team rushing him back into the, well, the management team rushing him back in because he is so integral to the way we play? Mm. And that's my big fear about him is that whilst he does. You know he is sort of, you know, he runs the sort of creative side of it. Um, if he is injured and if it is a, you know, a bad injury that hasn't properly sort of healed, then you know, does it leave him in a position where, in the very near future, he's going to get another one and that's him done? Now that's that's the the thing that does concern me um, mainly because the one that he got in the promotion season, it was pretty bad. It looked, you know, he was getting all that sort of rehab, going over Spain to try and sort of get it fixed and all that. And then picked it up again at the beginning of last season. And you could tell that he wasn't quite right when he came back. Now, the big hope is that the sort of form that he was showing towards the end of last season made us think that, you know, maybe the injury is properly healed now. And I guess the key is sort of seeing how he goes in the first sort of, you know, five to ten games of this season. Um, but I think it's pretty easy to spot when he's not quite right. Um, and I think if, you know, it does raise its ugly head again, then we could have a bit of a problem. But, I mean, obviously, fingers crossed, touch wood, you know, it won't be and it's all sort of sorted.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. Let's really hope we can keep him fit for as long as possible because we're going to need him, especially over the course of a 46-game season. Mm. Um, I, th- I think we should probably look or or touch at least upon upon Wembley we can't do a a chat about Tom Kearney and just go well let's forget about Wembley (laughs) memories of that day that was the last game we played I guess in the championship even though it wasn't actually in the championship but it was a championship game what are your memories of that day amazing wasn't it
0: well yeah but I mean infamously I wasn't there (laughs) ah man weren't you (laughs) yeah yeah, that was the big thing it was like you know didn't fancy it no, no, no. I, don't, I only do the big games. Um, <laughs> I remember getting interviewed on, I think it was on, uh, whatever it is, Love Sport Radio about it, uh, pre-game. And um, I said, like, so are you looking forward to it? I'm like, well, I would be if I was going, but I had a wedding that day and oh, I couldn't get what? out of it. <laughs> so I was there
1: on my phone watching it. What and, uh, inconsiderate like, bastard had a wedding on that day? you're not friends with them anymore.
0: <laughs> well, I listen in
1: Singapore. Good riddance. Oh.
0: Yeah, and he's a Palace <laughs> fan as well. So, you know, oh, uh, shocking. I oh, know. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I was watching it. You know, my friend and I both, uh, you know, we we're both watching it on the phone. And it was just like, just watching it. I was just like, at the end of it, at the end of the game, I was just sort of like, obviously, I was quite a few drinks down by that point as well. Mm. So it was a bit emotional. And, yeah. um, but it was just seeing, the crowd and him and well, obviously the whole team, but him, you could see the pride mm. that he was, that was beaming from his face. You know, he'd done yeah. something special. He'd everything that had sort of gone wrong over the you know past couple of seasons, that was all forgotten. And, you know, that was the time that you thought, you know, this is the man who has, you know, got us the you know, back up again. Um, and, yeah, I think that is just, it shows, you know, I hate using the term Mr. Fulham because I don't think he's got to that point yet. Uh, but he's, you know, he, you can tell that he loves the club. Um, mm. And I think, uh, you know, obviously come on sort of contracts and all that stuff as well. But he does, There, there is a certain sort of, um, you know, part of him, you know, like a lot of players that come to Fulham, you know, there is a bit of a special club um yeah. and so i think you know you can definitely tell that that was just that little bit more special um having done it for us as opposed to
1: maybe i think so I, I think i think he's intrinsically linked with fulham forever now because of that goal as well you know he's the first person to ever score for fulham at wembley first first fulham captain to lift a trophy at wembley there's there's so many elements to to that day that will make sure that his name is is always going to be thought of as a Fulham player as opposed to with any other club and of course as you say he keeps signing these these contracts at the end of every season so he's, he's here for another five years and he said he wants to finish his career here. Can you see that happening or do you think if we don't go up in the next season or two that his head might be turned?
0: It's always hard with footballers nowadays isn't it? I mean it you, you, you watch them, you listen to them, you read their tweets, see their Instagram posts, whatever and you'd think oh this man would die for the club. But reality is, if his agent were to get a nice big, juicy offer from a pre- team in the Premier League and we hadn't gone up this season, then there's a good chance that the club would sell and he'd move on. But from a personal view, you look at him and you go, "Well, why would you want to leave?" You go to another team, you've on the back of you know a good couple of years of sort of you know, injuries, you're loved by the fans, you're the club captain, and you're not going to be on a, a small amount of money and so i do think that he will be here um for the foreseeable um you know uh, i he i can't see him being one of those players that plays till he's 36 37 so at what is he 20 he's 28 now um i think yeah i think i think we'll get into the end
1: of his career if not till you know the penultimate year of his career then he might well go you know off. if if he sees out this contract which is 5 years then he'll be very close to a testimonial which is unheard of in this day and age really isn't it, it? or very very rare I, mean, <laughs> I think the last well, testimonial we saw was Simon Morgan i think wasn't it? yeah i think you're right yeah yeah nobody um, nobody sticks around at fulham for that long anymore <laughs> different times um but i think you know he's he's got it he's he's got it
0: made at fulham you know he is a very very good championship player didn't you know didn't shine in the premier league like you know a lot of outside supporters thought would have thought like sort of you know T, uh, you know west ham fans everton fans or whatever who yeah. sort of looking at him and knew about him uh, were thinking oh no, he'll be you know be excellent you know because west ham fans were like oh yeah, we'll sign him at the end of the season Dang, that didn't happen i think you know they were just expecting a bit more from him but i think from fulham fans point of view it was very much, you know, that injury was still there. So I think, you know, a season down in the Championship, you know, see him fit again, see how, you know, sort of get him back into the groove. And I think, you know, if he gets us up into the Premier League again, fantastic. I think even if we stay down, I think he'll just want to sort of keep going. Unless, you know, it's an absolute unmitigated disaster. And he's just like, you know what? No, I'm out of here.
1: I hope, yeah I, I hope that doesn't happen I hope he stays I, I'd like to think that he would finish his career here he seems very settled his um, his girlfriend is from the area I believe and now they've they've just had Aubrey as well their little their little son so um I I'd like to think that they're they're settled enough to to stay and he, he seems to have his head screwed on um and be be a family man so Hopefully, um, hopefully we'll have him for years to come, and he'll still be performing. That's the key thing. We we don't want Tom Kenny if he's if he's not going to be performing and he's going to be injured all the time. So let's hope we can keep him fit and and he carries on doing the business. But what, what so, do you, what do you think? I mean, sort of my my big
0: thing about him being around for the foreseeable is that he will be if he's captain. And I've you know said it on a number of uh, podcasts in the past that I don't think that he is you know, a proper captain in the sense that, you know, K-Mac might be. Or you look at a lot of other captains. I think he is loved by the fans. I think he is a great uh, player in the team. But he doesn't, he's not,
1: he's not as noisy as you'd expect from a captain. Um, yeah, yeah, but some, uh, some just... captains just aren't like that. Some, some captains are said to lead by example by the way they play. And, but do you need, I mean, you don't sometimes, you know, the captain isn't the best player. The captain is mm-hmm. the guy
0: that, you know, gets his players up when they're down. And I remember sort of, we'd, uh, at the Birmingham game, uh, last game of the regular season of the championship, that was the one where, you know, a few of us walked up there. We got there and 2-0 you know, down or 3-0 down or whatever it was. And even after sort of the first goal going in, you could see his head visibly drop. And then secondly, you know, it was, it was so clear and it's like, yeah. You know the thing about a Captain is that their head should never drop, their mm. head should always be held high, and they should be motivating their players to sort of you know rise up and sort of fight back but that's one thing that I don't think you ever see from him, which you know I don't want to sort of pick holes in his game because you know he is that player that is you know said uh you know integral to us going up again, but as a captain, I really do question it. And obviously, if you were to take the captaincy away from him and give it to someone who, you know, might come in in the future, who is a born leader, then that would cause him to go or at least would cause him to sort of, you know, go into a bit of a soul call, whatever. So I think if we do have him for the next five years and he's our captain for the next five years, I
1: think we are missing out a little bit. It's, it's a difficult one when it comes to uh, the captaincy, I think. Um, I don't think you could take the captaincy off him and expect him to remain happy. And I think if you take the captaincy off him, then it will affect his game because there's the potential for him to sulk. Yeah. But I think. I, I think all the while that you have leaders on the pitch alongside him. Anyway, I don't think it necessarily matters who the actual who wears the armband because you see it all the time anyway. Who yeah. did the um, who was doing the, the the rallying speech at the end of, at Wembley? You know, in the in the dressing room, it wasn't Kearney, it's, it's Kevin McDonald. Who yeah. when they get when they get in the huddle on the pitch, um, Kenny's not the one that's that's doing the talking; it's somebody else. So it, it is a strange setup, but. It doesn't really bother me if he's captain or not, as long as we're getting results. Because as long as there's somebody else on that pitch that's that's doing the the vocal job that you'd expect from a captain, I don't think it really matters. And it doesn't seem to bother doesn't seem to bother the other players either. No, and I don't think it bothers anyone there at all. It's just, it just seems a bit odd, and you kind of yeah
0: almost see it in his eyes. He knows his limitations in that sort of uh, aspect, and you kind of you know it almost seems like it's just. Uh, professional pride now making sure that he's still captain Um, yeah but you know whatever I mean the the key is that he stays fit helps us uh, get up and you know and plays his best football and as you say he'll lead by example you know there are players around him that will sort of need to look at him for inspiration to keep going even if he's not shouting at them you want to see him you know with the skills that he
1: has at his disposal yeah no I agree Okay, well, Danny and, I, Danny and I spoke last week um, about Louis Saha, who obviously left Fulham quite some time ago. He left in, I don't know, 2004, Four or I think it was. So yeah. 15, 15 years ago. And um, we were reflecting back. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, me too. But we were reflecting back on, on his career, um, uh, quite missy eyed at times. Um, and, and it got me thinking about Tom Kearney. In 15 years' time, how do you think Fulham fans will remember Tom Kearney?
0: It has to be the Wembley goal, doesn't it? You know, that's yeah. that's the first thing that will come to mind. I mean, that's the yeah. that's the piece of footage that will get replayed uh, whenever he's sort of you know bought into the pitch or comes on the big screen or whatever. <clears throat> uh, he's you know he scored a lot of good goals for us. Um, mm. A lot of them have meant uh, meant something, um, and that one would have meant you know meant the most up to now you know who knows what he's going to do in the next couple of years exactly
1: it kind of depends on what happens in the next few years but i'm thinking if if as captain he gets us promoted again and, and stays at the club and sees his contract out i'm i'm thinking there 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 is potential for a statue there at some point if <sighs> if it goes that way
0: but the key is but, you want to get the hair right well that's very
1: true actually yeah you see some of these statues they're bloody awful these days aren't i know they?
0: You don't, you don't but, want a Ronaldo
1: um, statue again. No, exactly. Yeah. Awful. But, you know, it's, it's just hypothetical. and It just came yeah. to me then when we were talking about it as to how he's going to be remembered. But you, you don't know how it's going to pan out in the next few years. But he, he scored a goal at Wembley. He lifted a trophy at Wembley. He's been quite successful whilst he's been here. There's been a lot of progression under him. If he plays a load of games for us and carries on with success, then, you know, he might be talked about in, the, in those sort of terms. You never know. I think, I think I agree. I
0: think you know if um, you know again if there's another promotion and then a uh, you know a, a season in the Premier League where we do a lot better, and then you know maybe another season after that, I think you know we yeah I think you know in the in the later years we could be looking back at him in statute terms. Yeah, maybe I think so. Uh, that's something oh, to li- yeah, something to live up to for him anyway. Um, yeah, him. quite. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: All right. Well, he's he's had his ups. he's had his downs, quite literally. He was captain when we were relegated. And last season, no manager could really find the right place to play him. But so far, he's been here four full seasons, about to start season number five. What would you give his Fulham career so far out of 10? Taking everything into consideration. As I said to Danny last week, show your workings. (laughs) Um. Okay, so in the pros column... (laughs) Danny ended goal. up giving, Danny ended up giving Louis Saha a 9.8 last week. <laughs> <laughs> even,
0: even despite the blonde hair. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's losing point two at a point, um, <laughs> Yeah. The, um, I think, you know, the promotion, uh, the goals, the, some of that, some of the vision in his passes. I mean, you look at some of the goals and the sort of assists and assist to assists that he's a put in over the last few years. And that, you know, that is, that is a proper talented footballer right there. Um, service, yeah, I mean, one thing, you know, I think maybe him stroke his agent have held the club to ransom a couple of times, maybe in the early stages of his career. I think, you know, maybe the renewal of his contract this time was to make sure that he didn't have his relegation wage drop um, implemented. Uh, but whatever, that's business. Uh, I'm not going to worry too much about that. Yeah. Um, I think from service to the club, uh you know service uh fan love etc cetera, etc cetera. got to give him a 10 Injury, he's got to drop a couple of points because he's clearly you know had a bit of a hard time with it
1: i, I will give him a i'll give him a solid 8 for his uh, for his career to date yeah i th- i think i'd agree with an 8 i think in terms of value for money and um just just being a, a, a flair player that fans want to see I, th- I think he's probably been my favourite player um, over the last... Well, si- since we were relegated from the Premier League last time, I think he's probably been my favourite player, along with Mitrovic. But kenny has been there a bit longer. He's been consistent. Um, like-, like we've said, he does he does struggle with-, with his injuries and occasionally with his form. But you know that he's got that wand of a left foot and uh, at any given moment, he could stick one in the top corner from anywhere. And I
0: think, you know, He'll be trying to prove a point this season as much as wanting to get Philip promoted pers on a personal level. he'll be wanting to show the fans what he can do again. He'll be wanting to show those people that sort of said, "Oh, we didn't do as well in the Premier League as we expected. He wants to show them that that was a blip. he wants to get us back up there, and he wants to do it in the best way possible so i I'm really excited about the season actually. I think you know defense aside, I think you know we have a very strong team and if these key players stay fit i think you know sort of he will help us uh drive forward and i think we could be looking at a good one and i really hope i don't come back to eat my words in about 6 months time
1: <laughs> no you've got you've got to start each season with hope um yeah yeah if we we just we just wait to uh, be proved wrong otherwise yeah okay great stuff um i think that just about covers uh, tom Kearney. thanks for joining me morgs it's been great to speak to you it's been a little while um, yeah, pleasure. Uh, we'll we'll pass it back to the guys for the for the main show, and there'll be another one of these next week. Fulham. All right, so it's Blackburn at home this weekend. Uh, the Whites will be looking to bounce back after the disappointing result against Barnsley last weekend. Fulham and Blackburn have met ninety-one times previously, with Fulham winning twenty-eight of those matches and losing thirty-eight. So, we've got a bit of ground to make up there. Um, and we've only won two of the last eight meetings as well. The last time we met Blackburn at the cottage was back in March 2017, where we drew two all. And seven players who were in the squad that day are still with us. And that's Reem, Kearney, Steph Joe, Mac, Cabano, Adoy, and Betts. And I think we're probably going to see Kearney, Steph Joe, Mac, Adoy, and Betts all start again. So, that's five of those players. Uh, Last season, Blackburn had a really bad away record. Uh, They only won six of their 23 away games. I say really bad. I mean, it's far better than our away record was last season in the Premier League. Um, They only kept four clean sheets away and 12 overall. They conceded 48 goals away from home, which is an average of over two goals a game. With our attack this season, guys, surely we're going to be banging some goals in this weekend. We haven't scored yet this season. It's got to be our time, hasn't it, this weekend?
2: Well, I hope so. I mean, I think uh, the one thing we need to do is um, we need a reaction from, you know, Saturday. Saturday we just seemed to be, I don't know, hung over, a little bit shell-shocked. There was no sort of formation. No one knew what they were doing. Um, So, you know, first game back at the cottage in the championship, minus the uh, Riverside stand. So that's going to make things a bit weird. And We just need to get back to what we're good at. I mean, if we're going to be good at attacking, then we're hoping to see lots of goals. I definitely am hoping to see Mitchell on the score sheet, maybe see some of the new signings, but we've got to play well because otherwise the pressure will just be more on the team and Scott Parker.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's really important that we get off to a good start this weekend. Our, our um, the, the atmosphere will start off really well, as it generally does for the first home game of the season. Um, but at the first sign of um, at the first mistake and the start, you know, people start to groan, then that could affect the players. So I think we just need to be patient, let the players set into a rhythm. And hopefully the quality that we've got will will just be too much for Blackburn. What do you think, Dom?
3: Well, obviously, you know, we just got all these players in. That is the other bad part that, you know, really does kind of get on my nerves here. We don't do our business quick enough in the window. They don't have time to settle in, gel, kind of learn Parker's system or the new system. So I don't foresee any of these guys really coming in starting, uh, except we all said, you know, maybe knock art. You know, maybe he comes in instead of AK or something. But the rest of them I don't foresee seeing. So... It is what it is what it is as far as players as, for options for this game. So hopefully, you know, Blackburner have been struggling for years. You know, uh, it's my understanding they didn't do a whole lot in the transfer window as, as far as what I've looked. Well,
1: I can tell you exactly what they did in the transfer window up until today. I don't know who they bought in on transfer deadline day, but uh, they brought in Stuart Downing, um, the former England left winger. Uh, on a free, um, they signed um, Bradley Johnson, who's a central midfielder, also for uh, for nothing. A striker, Sam Gallagher from Southampton, for five million, and they bought in uh, Christian Walton, who is a goalkeeper, who replaces their goalkeeper David Raya, who played uh, most of last season for them and kept ten, ten clean and kept ten clean sheets. But I think uh, I think he was sold to Brentford. Um, in the summer so oh yeah and they've also loaned in Tashin Adarabio yeah that must be how you say it (laughs) he's a he's a center half from Man City you you say that
3: better than I would have you know (laughs) so uh, uh, this is going to come back to haunt me but to me that just sounds like mid table to lower table yeah not really punching above their weight or trying to do a whole lot but just make sure they're not relegated you know that that's all that kind of says to me that doesn't say anything exciting now with that said our options that tony Khan has brought in you know kind of make me excited for the the attack so i'm hoping this is one of those games we do well with the players we've got future players settle in and we just start banging in the goals left and right have a great season
1: yeah, no, completely fair enough. And Tony Mowbray's their manager at Blackburn, um, and he's had some success, I think, at West Brom in the past. So they have they have got a manager who knows uh, who knows how to get out the championship, and they've also got Bradley Dack, who's been their best player for the last couple of seasons. He scored eighteen goals last season and got ten assists. And I think I think they would have done well to to hang on to him today if it looks like they have. So I think he was linked with a move away. Um, so he he's potentially their their biggest threat, and yeah, I mean, hopefully hopefully our new midfielders can can keep him quiet.
3: Well, you know that well, you mentioned the the manager Tony. If I remember correctly, he's a defender and he knows this this division well. So I'll bet you his back will be fairly well organized, which means we just got to step up that midfield. We've got to step up the pressure.
1: Yeah, yeah, completely agree. But that being said, Blackburn did lose their first game last last week as well. Uh, they lost at home to Charlton, who, of course, knew two to promoted. one. Yeah, they're newly promoted sides, so so yeah, it's something's got to give this weekend. And I guess, I guess for me, I predicted I really a huge away win at, at Barnsley last week. I didn't foresee that performance at all. But I did say on last week's show that I am usually wrong, so I am going I'm to first of all leave it to Marty to to give a score prediction for the game at the weekend.
2: Oh, gee, thanks for that, mate. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I I feel like uh, Blackburn are on the uh, up. I mean, they've had seven seasons or more uh, of just disarray with ownership. And as mm. probably many of us are aware, uh, Bradley Dack is a very good player um, and obviously is going to be key to, you know, everything that's going to happen going forward. So with our mediocre defence, which I'm hoping will be a bit more stingy this time, uh, that's where we the person we need to shut up. But I mean, they've got good players all over the field. Stuart Jowanin always has a good game against us. So I'm not going to take this game too lightly. But I am going to say I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. And hopefully we score first just to settle nerves.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And and do you see there being many changes from last week's lineup against Barnsley, potentially knock up for AK? Or do you see anybody else coming in?
2: Realistically, I think. Knockhart should start. I, I prefer AK coming on as sort of like that. Oh my God, AK's coming on in the last 10 minutes. You know, as a defender, looking at that, it's just terrible. And obviously we've got Reed as an now as a threat. Um, I've got a feeling Scotty's probably going to stick with these same 11 minus uh, Le Marchand, because I think he may be injured. We'll have to see what the press is tomorrow. But yeah, I think he's going to stick with the same team. I think a lot of the new players are just going to be on the bench and integrated into the team. So I, that's what I feel might happen.
1: So do you think then that if Le Marchand isn't available, that Dennis Adoy plays centre-half and Cyrus Christie plays right back?
2: Uh, that is correct, yeah. yeah a lot okay. of people thought Christie was going to be sold in this window or something like that. But uh, I, I think he'll start this weekend.
1: Yeah, no, fair point. OK, what about you, Don? First of all, let's have a score prediction.
3: I agree, 2-1. You know, I, I believe in stato matto here, and if I go by what he said, 48 goals conceded by uh, Blackburn in the uh, in their away matches. So, you know, 2.1 per game. If that's the case, I think you know we're going to score somewhere in the first half. Somewhere in the second half, Blackburn will kind of get a little bit of gas. They'll get one, but we'll get a second one. So, no worries. Two one. As far as the lineup goes, I do think AK-47 is back on the bench. Um, I think Knockhart comes out uh, between him on you know the right and then uh, Ivan on the left, Tom, Johansson, McDonald. The back four, th- this will be interesting to see what happens. Brian, obviously... LeMachon probably out. I'm going to guess Tim Ream comes in. Tim Ream, Mawson, Adoy on the bench, Christy sitting in. Okay. So in the back four is kind of a weird one right now. So who really knows what will happen? But I think that's probably going to be the back fours. Adoy to the bench, Christy's on. Now, the other thing I will say is this might be, with all these new signings, this might be the last time That uh, Luca Del Torre makes the bench because I can't see him competing with a lot of these new signings. So,
1: well, I don't think anyone's going to lose too much sleep over that. I've seen him play a few times, did a few friendlies, and
3: as an American, I've always hoped for him to be, you know, that next guy that comes up and comes up and and comes through the ranks. But I just don't know about it this year. Now that they brought in all these signings, I, I could see him going out on loan, or you know moving on to a first division team or something. so sad, but it is what it is. Also just add into that. I feel like
2: will, will we see Steven on make the bench now because obviously there's a lot of hype behind him and will he make the step forward? Actually, and,
3: that is the one person I could see making the bench just because yeah. look at that back, back lineup.
2: Uh, the other player I would like to see is uh, Matt O'Reilly. Uh, heard a lot of good things, obviously, regarding him uh, and what I saw of him was very good, he linked to many sort of big clubs. But again, I think he's going to find it very difficult to get on that team at the moment.
3: Yeah, Probably but fine. hopefully he's going to be that kid that some of the cup games and different things, you know, he gets a yeah, big push but... and, and thrown in.
1: Those players will certainly feature in the cup games, but we signed four players today. They're they're going to all be on the bench at the weekend, I would think, for absolute sure. Plus, then you've got a goalkeeper. So you, I can't I can't see how these these youngsters are going to make the bench until we start getting some injuries. But in any case, for for what it's worth, I I think the the result of the weekend is all going to depend on how we start. If we start slowly and we concede the lead, then I think the the crowd will get the hump. And, um, and things can start to go wrong. But if we start well, give the crowd a lift, get an early goal, and if we score first, I can see us going on to win quite comfortably. So I'm going to say 3-1 Fulham this weekend. Yeah, you go, boy. Yeah, why not? Like, like I said last week, let's, let's keep it positive until we have something like to it. really be annoyed about. All right. Um, I think that's just about everything covered. Um, Don, do you have anything else? Uh,
3: no, I think, you know, I think it's going to be a good season. I'm gonna say we're gonna be all right. Don't panic, people, don't panic. Uh we still got the January window. I'm sure, you know, Tony Khan is looking at the January window and saying, Don't worry, don't worry. I uh, I'm working on the the center back or, you know, the defensive signings. So I think it's gonna be yeah. all good. We're gonna be okay. Take a break. If we could
1: just if we could just do enough between now and January to still be in contention, exactly. be in in or around the playoff area and then bring in a centre half, then I think I think we. I still think we've got every chance of of competing this season, and even for the top two. What about you, Marty? Anything else to add before we uh, leave these lovely people to get on with their lives?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I I kind of agree. I mean, it's basically score as more p- as possible, and you never know. I mean, Mawson and Ream may start a partnership, and suddenly we're we'll like, oh, well, maybe we're not as bad as we thought. But obviously, judging on the last couple of seasons, especially last season, it's worrying. Uh obviously we it sounds like we might get Michael Michael Hector anyway in January. So, you know, that's something to look forward to. And if we're there thereabouts, it's it's only gonna boost to the squad. So I'm excited. It's still good signings that we've brought into this team. So, you know, it's just the defensive side that I think a lot of people are gonna keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, good stuff. All right. Well, thank you, gents. It's been a pleasure as always, and thank you everybody at home for listening. We'll be back on Monday to talk about Saturday's Blackburn game. In the meantime, you can catch up with everything Danny's Full and Focus Empire has been up to, and it is an empire of probably over 20 of us now, um, on fullandfocus.com. You can also search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as subscribe to the podcast via all your usual channels. In the meantime, enjoy the weekend. Cheers.